Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Tim and Anthony with you. And yes, this week we have enough time on our SD card. They would give you an entire show. Unfortunately, last week, or maybe 10 days ago, I'm not sure exactly when we did it, had a great show. Mm-hmm. Beautiful show. I mean, it was one of our best ever. And I didn't check my SD card. And I didn't have a backup running. And uh, we had about 10 minutes of the the show recorded. <laughs> we spent about an hour and 10 minutes talking. <laughs> Beautiful show. You you missed one of the best shows ever. And I apologize to you. But, you know, that's the way it works here at Radio MVP sometimes. Tim forgets to look at you know basic things. But we have that covered this week. It is running. It is. We are up and going, and uh, it's been an interesting start of the football season. Yeah, it has. You know, Tim really has. You know, last time we talked, we were going into Valparaiso and uh, kicking off the season opener, and first half against Valpo, okay, up seventeen ten at halftime, and the second half, a completely different team came out. Honestly, uh, the light was flipped. Um, I don't know if it was a change in scheme or just, you know, motivation. Like, hey, we got to uh, get going here. But uh, really impressed with how YSU finished the Valpo game. Uh, and then we sat here and talked about the Ohio State game. And we had two keys, get out healthy, collect a paycheck, and run. And for the most part, YSU got it healthy. No injuries that I've heard. They collected that paycheck and went up 71. And in the meantime, I feel better leaving the horseshoe Saturday about the trajectory of the season than I did leaving Stambaugh. I didn't feel dejected leaving Stambaugh. But I'm like, yeah, we got some things to clean up. Yeah. But you leave the horseshoe and it's like, wait a minute here. There were some positives to take out of that game. Exactly. And. I was very concerned, and I mentioned mm-hmm. this when on our previous podcast mm-hmm. that did not get recorded properly, that my biggest concern was turnovers yep. and the game running away from you mm-hmm. and, and being embarrassed 70 to nothing. Yeah. That was my biggest concern. And, and because of the previous years of the offense mm-hmm. and how conservative it has yes. been. Even when they have had playmakers, yeah, I was concerned that they would just really be three and out, yeah, and against a, a division, you know, a power five mm-hmm. school, top yeah. five school exactly. in the country, and that was you know concerns I had yeah. going into that game. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Doug Phillips and his coaching staff came away with a very good game plan. It was, and it was successful for what they were trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. They wanted to shorten the game. Mm-hmm. They wanted quick passes. Mm-hmm. They took a couple shots downfield, which you need to do. Absolutely. And I was actually okay with those. I thought those were good times to take those shots. Um, could they have been a little bit more gambling-ish? Sure. But mm-hmm. it's not necessary. No. I mean, I can understand why, you yeah. know, go into the trestle mode, yep. kick the ball away, mm-hmm. and play, you know, field position and hope to maybe, you know, capitalize on yeah. one of their mistakes. And But the two drives 
the opening drive where they went right down the field and scored. Tim, that might have been that their- was the best drive I've seen YSU put together in five in, years. I was going to say in the Doug Phillips era. One hundred percent agree. One hundred percent agree because it was everything mixed in. Yes, power run, outside run. Davidson even kept it a couple of times. Yes, you got passes to all of those involved. Max Tomzak, mm-hmm. and then third and one or second and one, and you took the shot. Yes. And that might have been the best ball Mix Davidson has thrown at YSU. Yeah, that was a great throw. Yeah. And that's the key. Mm-hmm. The key, I don't care what level of football you're playing at, you're going to give yourself opportunities to take shots downfield. 100%. And you have to take them. Yeah. When you refuse to take them is when you put yourself in such a precarious situation where every little mistake just multiplies. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, did not necessarily happen in that game. Yes, the better team won. We knew that going yep. in. Um, no, we sat here. And I, at 35-7, to seven, mm-hmm. final score. All right. You know, we had shots in the second half to move the ball. We didn't quite get down, you know, in scoring situation yeah. enough. You know, red zone mm-hmm. type like yeah. that. That's okay. You know, you're playing, again, Ohio State, a top-five t- team. And that defense is pretty dang good so yes, far. Yes, yes. And, you know, give Ohio State credit exactly. for where they, what they have achieved. Um, overall, though, I thought you look at the running game, I thought King had a good game. I did, too. I thought Rushton was, you know. Rushton. I still, yeah, well, I think I still go to the same thing that I've been talking about for the last three years with mm-hmm. him. They don't know what to do with the athlete they have. And I am a firm believer when you have an athlete that is, you know, who was a quarterback in high school because he was an athlete, okay? He was a running quarterback and a throwing Mm -hmm. quarterback. Mm -hmm. There's so much you can do with a player like that. I would line him up in the slot. Exactly. I would line him out wide. I would have him in the eye. Almost like a hybrid. Yes, I would Mm -hmm. have him everywhere on the field. I want the defense reacting to where he's at. Tim, you know what he and that to me could open up a running game for Kang and mm-hmm. others, and also get him involved where he's still touching the ball fifteen times a game, either through running the ball or, or pass catches and punt returns or whatever else you know you choose to do with with him. Mm-hmm. But I don't like stagnant with athletes where you just say, "Well, we're going to put them in the backfield, we're going to run them." I if you have a super back. Like we had last yes. year in McLaughlin, you mm-hmm. got to do that. Even then, you moved them out and put them mm-hmm. different positions. I honestly do believe that Drew Rushton is still a fantastic athlete that you can take advantage of. You just got to put him in situations to be successful, and that's up to the coaching staff to figure that out. I mean, I've been promoting that idea for a long time. Use him in a lot of different p- positions and, mm-hmm. and and responsibilities, and I think he could p- personally handle it. From what I've watched him play over the years, either at Liberty or mm-hmm. YSU, so I hope one thing they take away from the game is that they know they have a running back in King. They have another guy they need to feature in the offense besides the wideout. Mm-hmm. Oliver's fantastic; he did great. I, I mean, there's you could see the talent there, and you need to use those three players with Davison. Mm-hmm. And you can have a formable offense mm-hmm. and a team that could potentially put some points on the scoreboard. 
Yeah, I completely agree with that, Tim. I said, you know, I don't know if Rushton is a 25 to 30 carry a game back where he's going to power it up the middle. But I'm not also saying either that he can't run it 10, 15 times the middle. Yeah. But he's too quick and too talented to just line up in the backfield. I would like to see him line up out wide and use such a slot. I'd love to see him, you know, punt or kick return. I think he has a lot of yes, value there. Yeah, he does. Um, we have multiple backs who can spell King if we decide, hey, Russians better serve as a slot and kick returner. We get we get plenty of backs who can split carries the King. Um, well, the more threats you have on the field at oh, one yeah. time, mm-hmm. the more opportunities you have. If you have the wideout, which they do, mm-hmm. you have King who you could be your feature back. You have then Rushton you can use as a slot, you know, in the tail, as, you know, bringing them around. You could even be as innovative as bring them around and have them throw the ball yeah. from the slot position mm-hmm. or a double pass type thing. You can really mix things up if you want to. I'm not saying they will. I mean, I still know who the head coach is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, my foot is still ready to put <laughs> put him right through the goalposts into the 680. Uh, that hasn't changed. I don't want anyone thinking I'm a, I, I, I've seen the light of Doug Phillips. That's not happened. But I want to give him credit where credit's due, and and I, I think that's fair. And I thought he has team ready to go on Saturday. I, I think, think this is a this is a, a really important game coming up. I do too. Um, non conference, but at home, it's a team you should handle. And see, I'm not worried. I just want to see good quality football. Yeah. I think if we see that like we seen last week, yes. you'll see that result. I agree with that. But if you don't see that continuation of that then good it's quality concerning. football, then, it's then you may not get necessarily the the result that you're looking for. You know, I'm not worried about the point spread as much as I'm worried about the quality of play. Because mm-hmm. I honestly truly believe that they play to the level of they did last week against most opponents this year, they're going to have gonna their a lot success. Of games, yeah. They're going to have their success. You, the question, the problem that I've seen over the Doug Phillips era is the inconsistency. And that's the same thing that Bo had towards the end of yes. his mm-hmm. last you know, three years as head coach. The inconsistency, one week good, one week bad. You, know, you never knew yeah. what you were going to see. And I think that's really the challenge for that coaching staff this year is every Saturday have that team ready to play and perform to their best abilities. Yeah, there are two things that, you know, I don't want to get negative here because there's a lot of positives that came out Absolutely. Saturday. There's a lot of positives. The two negatives to me, kickoff return and punt return, probably not great then against Ohio State, so how much can you really tell? But the main concern, nine penalties again. That's 18 penalties for over 150 yards yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. And a lot of them personal files. That's yeah, so that's the stuff clean you got to clean up. Yeah, you got to clean that up. Those are not – those are not being – That's not discipline. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. it's not being over-aggressive. Mm-hmm. It's it's just stupid. Yeah. It's just like you said, not being disciplined. Remember you had you had third and 25 for Ohio State, and they ran out of balance for three or four yards, and a late personal foul gave Ohio State first and goal, and they scored. You know, so you yeah, get the ball back down only 14-7 – and so it's twenty one seven. That's like, phew. yeah. Oh well, yeah. I mean, it's it's a game changer. Yeah. And with the Missouri Valley Football Conference schedule coming up, 
you got to be ready every week. We can't oh, yeah. get we can't get ahead of ourselves. We got this week's game, but uh, that's why I think it's pitiful. To, you know, you're at home, and I'll say it again over and over until I'm blue in the face. Win your home games. You have win to win your, every game mm-hmm. in football. I don't care what level you are at. Win your home games. You win your home games, you're guaranteed at least 500 on a season, and then you should theoretically be three and three or on the road, 500 yep. on the road. And then you legitimately put yourself in position to be a playoff team or at the high school level, a playoff team and, and mm-hmm. a conference champion or stuff like that. So, um, you know, we'll just take it one step at a time. But I thought the first two weeks of the season, very positive for the Penguins. They had some, you know, some growth opportunities. Yes. And they still ha- we'll see how they do this week. And, again, I think if they come out with the right attitude and play to their abilities – then, yeah, I think they'll win, and they'll win. They should win by 20 points or more. You know, I'm not trying to put a number on it, mm-hmm. but I don't see why they can't. The- and I do honestly believe the key is, well, I want to say it this way. Last week proved to me one thing is the stage wasn't too big for no. them. Mm-mm. So now when you go back home, and our community is not as large as it once yes. was. Mm-hmm. So the idea of getting fifteen thousand is not going to happen. But eight thousand, absolutely, that's doable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. ten thousand maybe on a big night. Yeah, you know, and ten thousand plus. We'll go with there going forward. I don't see why they can't draw seven to ten thousand dollars, thousand fans most weekends. And I think you do that by winning in exactly. the style of play. Well, and I think hopefully you know they're on the right track. The big thing to look for this Saturday. Is a thing that's eluded us for years since consistency. You know, like you said, stacking weeks upon weeks of good football, consistent football, clean football. You know, we took a big step forward. Like you said, that stage was not too big for them. And they're going to play at Northern Iowa. They're going to play South Dakota State. Yeah. Your stage is going to get big. But if you can play with that mindset and that focus, you're going to take care of some business. You know, I also, I was impressed with how the offensive-defensive lines, uh, they weren't overmatched. You know, we were, I think we were 50 60% on third and short. That's pretty impressive against yeah. Ohio State. No, you need to be. You know, that's just quality football. Yeah. And I hate and saying just, that. You, know, you want to be in third and short. You yeah. want to be successful. You know, that's telling me that first and second downs were successful. Mm-hmm. And that's how often we talked about first down being important. Now you want to get three yards. You want to get five yards. You want to get six yards mm-hmm. and set up your offense to have much more opportunity to do different things. When you're in second and nine, you know, you're putting yourself in a, in a precarious situation. If you're second and 15, then you're really in bad mm-hmm. shape. You know, these are the things that changes. You know, this, some things in football are very fundamental. First down is very fundamental, meaning you need positive mm-hmm. yardage. Um, you have to follow that up with second down with a quality call that gives you an opportunity to move the ball again. Mm-hmm. And then third down, hopefully, you know, either A, you already got that first down on second down, or third down, you have a third down in, let's say, two or three, and it's very manageable. There's a lot you can choose to do. And with Davison, I think you can do a lot of different you can. things. You know, he he's proven that he can run the ball. Mm-hmm. And that is such a advantage 
to a offense. And today's quarterbacks, you do need to be mobile and be able to get yardage out of your quarterback well, at first all levels. The, we saw the first play of the game. You know, he avoided sacks, spun out to the left, and picked up five, six yards. We don't need a quarterback to run for 75 yeah. and 100 yards. If you can pick up 20, 30 yards, yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. No, it's being effective. Mm-hmm. It's keeping drives alive. Yep. It's knowing when, you know, it's important to pick up four or five yards. Or, you know, if mm-hmm. you get a run down and gets 12, 15 and picks up a first down, more the merrier. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a great thing. But, yeah, like you said, if he if he averaged, I'm just saying, as rushing. Yeah. Let's say seven times a game yeah. for four yards. Well, that's 28 yards. That's not terrible. No, that's pretty dang that's good. That's probably going to get you some first downs. If he averages five yards, it changes, you know, that, that mm-hmm. math. And, and that's how it works. And, you know, obviously being successful on first down matters. Like I said, I, I took a lot of positive out of it. I got to be honest. Yeah, you've the, been... Uh... You've been a big critic on Phillips, and rightfully so. Well, he's, he's earned not it. Shown. He's earned it. You know, I don't think I've been hard on him. I think I've just been honest about it. And, but I want to give him credit where credit yeah. is due. I thought the game plan was good against Ohio State. I thought they achieved most of what they were trying to do. I thought that opening drive was just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I cannot. That was the best scripted plays I've seen Wyshu have in many years. Yeah. To start a game, and and that was really truly, uh, you know, hands up. They did a good job, and um, when I look at this team going forward, like I said, each week you you don't live in the past. Mm-mm. In a lot of ways, football is what you do. What have you done for me lately? Exactly. What are you going to do for me this Saturday or this Friday or Sunday? Um, you enjoy the moments of the game. And you love the victories when they come about, no matter what team mm-hmm. you're talking about. Yep. But come Monday, you have to you have to refocus on your new new task, and that's the way football is. I mean, it's kind of like baseball. You could ball out sixteen to one last night. Well, mm-hmm. you got a next. Ga- Luckily, you got a yep. game the next day, mm-hmm. and you have a chance to mm-hmm. erase that memory. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But that's you know the the greatest thing about you know baseball mm-hmm. is so daily. And, and basketball is the same way. You usually play twice a week, so mm-hmm. you can, you know, get back onto the court really quick. Uh, football, you you know, it takes a whole week, so you know things linger, uh, and it, and it lingers in fans' minds, oh, it yeah. lingers in coaches' minds, and players' minds. Uh, what I've found out over the years covering sports, most of the players are pretty good at shaking off what happened last exactly. week yeah. and moving on. Coaching staff is usually lags behind, mm-hmm. and fans are never caught no. up to the same no. as the programs. No. Because <laughs> they, it's no difference than anything else. It's like today I was online, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a Cleveland Brown th- mm-hmm. post, and they just won a football game, an important game at home, 24-3. Yep. And they want to rehash the 2018 NFL draft. And I'm like, who cares in 2023? Let's talk about this team right now, the way it's constituted. What happened in 2018 does not affect what's going on today. What transpired over those four years prior, sure. Mm -hmm. I understand that point of view. But in the same vein... I could care less about what you thought, who mm-hmm. was the better player in 2018 draft. 
It doesn't matter today. This is the team you have, and this is the team that went, you know, dominated a potential NFL Super Bowl team. So you're saying Alabama fans are going to move on and be ready to go this week? <laughs> I don't think Alabama fans are ever ready. <laughs> I don't think they are either. I don't think they're there. I think they're jumping think, off the bridge right me, now. I think, let me rephrase that. I think all SEC fans <laughs> are never, ever going to ever get past what happened last week. No. Uh, and remember it for 50 years. Oh, yeah. And, and not, again, that's fine. But. Again, this year is what you know. What's no, going on? What's transpiring now to me is more important than trying to rehash something that happened five years ago. This week for YSU is all about being a mature football team. Yeah, how do you handle the big win against Valpo? How do you handle coming back home to people saying, "Hey, you competed with Ohio State. You were in the game the first quarter." You know, and they went through a list of the past five or six teams from the state of Ohio that Ohio State's played. And every game's been over after two or three series. Oh, yeah. So how do you, do you think handle, I was worried about 70 points? How do you handle people saying, hey, you're pretty dang good. Hey, you can win the rest of your games. Hey, you're going to be pretty damn, you know. Now it's about being a mature football team, a team that's 1-12 in their last 13 games coming in. You know, how do you get consistent, you get better, and you just keep moving on as a football team? Because like you mentioned, that season doesn't really start until September 30th when we go to Northern Iowa. Yeah, I mean, the three weeks of the of the non-conference mm-hmm. schedule is preparing for yep exactly the meat of the schedule, which yep. is you know it's a devil's turn. I mean, yep. it is a difficult. It is. I mean, for, that's for all teams in that conference, not just YSU. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, like you said, tonight, this week's opponents, the most important thing. Let's hope that they, uh, and I think they will. I think they're going to show up and play well. And hopefully they'll they'll have a, a really good showing, and it'll catch some attention of in the Mahoning Valley. I think, and if, we'll see what how how everything reacts going forward. If you come out and play consistent football this week, and you take care of your business, and if you do that like you mentioned, the favor is going to be in your oh yeah, the results going to be in your favor. Then you go do that. You have the Bible, then you build on that in Northern Iowa. You keep getting consistent. You keep being mature. You do that. The result should be in your favor again. Then you come home for a primetime game, and that's when I think, Tim, you might see the 12,000, 14,000 people right I there. I hope so. I hope so. You know, you know let's, let's hope for it. You know, Like I said, everyone gets behind them and good things yeah. happen. You know, Flip the page here. Yeah. Looking at Ohio State, you were at the game. Yeah. There were some positives in that uh, game for Ohio State. I think, they, I think you know, McCord basically solidified his – position as the number one quarterback. Yes. Um, I thought the defense played well at times. There was also times for growth, but here's the interesting question I have and mm-hmm. from an outsider's yes. point of view. The lack of a running game that, that that Ohio State has demonstrated the first couple games of the season, it's kind of concerning. So, I'll say this too. Because they seem to want to throw the ball more and more. Well, yeah. And I understand that's Ryan Day, and that's the reason he's brought yeah, in. Yeah, when you got Ryan Day as your coach, and that's what he wants. He, you know, he's always been a quarterback, a pocket yes. quarterback. He doesn't want the running quarterback like Meyer had. Uh, so, yeah, not not. He like, doesn't want to run it right. 20, 30 times like Meyer right. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, it yeah. was third and three or short, 
you knew what Meyer was doing. Right. But you know, you got Hartline in there now helping out with the play calls. Right. That's his receiver room. You know, when you got an embarrassment richest him at their receiver yeah, position. They do, don't they? I mean, you know You gotta use them. Why is you they were down their starting cornerback and I don't care if he was in there or not, they don't have anybody that can cover eighteen. No. That kid's special. Yes. But the thing that I liked is Harrison had two catches for 18 yards against Indiana. He had no targets beyond 20 yards. They had three as a team that game. You came out and you stretched the ball down the field. Some you hit, some you didn't. But it still kept the defense on. It's like, hey, we got to play that. Marvin Harrison should not catch any pass within 10 yards of the last scrimmage. You've got too many guys that can do that. Yeah. He's too special. Send him deep and throw it up one-on-one. Let him go get the ball. I think that's kind of a growing of the quarterback. But, you know, being an inexperienced quarterback. So that may come as the season progresses. McCord looks settled down. He understood the game plan, and he spread it around. Harrison had some catches. Abuka, Tate, Fleming. I don't know. I don't know if Ohio State's run game problems are so much of a hey this offensive line is not very good because I think the offensive line for the most part has played decent. It's a completely new offensive line than last year. So there is going to be some growing pains. Oh sure. You know, we won't know really until honestly Penn State because Notre Dame's defensive line is not going to challenge that offensive line. But I think what they need to do is you have to commit to it. Commit to the run game. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know if Day is committed to the two, three, four yards, you know, and just grinding right. it out. Trussell Meyer could grind it out. Um, no, no, it's, it's I think you have to pick. They got an embarrassment rich in the backfield, too. Yeah, they do. I think your best backs, running back-wise, are train them. And probably mine, Williams, and I'll say this, Travion Henderson is too good to just line him up in the backfield. Yeah. Well, that's I what mean, we were talking yeah, about earlier. Yeah. So I think you have to commit to that. I think as you see the schedule progress, McCord will run some. And like we saw with Davidson, you don't need him to run yeah. 60, 70 yards. Right. If you run him 20, 25, 30 yards, that keeps the defense honest. I don't know – if Ohio State is talented enough up front or committed enough to being a 175 to 200 yard rushing yard per game I don't game think they're team. committed to do that, no. But, I, but on I the just, flip side, yeah. if you can give me one 120 to 125 with that talent out wide, you don't need to run for 200, and you better not be running for 200 with those guys out wide. Well, if you are running for 200, just your offensive yes. line is doing a great job. Well, I'll say this, and, too. And you're right. And I don't... And I heard people, oh, my God, we only scored 35 points. We only scored 35 points. Look, you could have scored more. Let's be honest. Sure. They probably went a little conservative, not to embarrass YSU. You got your work and you got what you needed to do. Well, it, But yeah. you're not going to see a lot of 50 and 60 point a games this year with Ohio State because the new clock rules have completely changed that. That's true. You know? It's so Ohio game. St- yeah. Yes. So – if you score 35, 40 points, you're doing your job. Uh, at the end of the day, if you score 35 
to 40 points, your defense is good enough to win you every game. I can't disagree with that. You know, I look at it this way, too. This is a unique schedule for Ohio State. Mm -hmm. You open up at Indiana mm -hmm. in a conference game. Not You're not playing Bowling Green. You're no. not playing – so you're playing a conference game to and start the season. I don't care Indiana who you are, team, you're playing in a conference game. It's a conference game on the road, and that Indiana team is not the same Indiana team I watched last year in the Horseshoe in November. They had five new starters on defense – they brought in an all-American defensive end, and their defensive coordinator was at Ohio State last year. Right. So he knew what they were going to do. And they probably knew McCord was going to be very conservative, a conservative game plan going in. You won 23-3, to and Indiana couldn't throw the ball at all. Yeah, well, so I, you took care of business on the road. You right. won by 20 points on the road in a conference game. Get in, get out. I think the first two games about McCord, you could say this. You could see his rawness. Oh, yes. And at times making incorrect decisions. Um, going left, going mm -hmm. right, that type of thing, throwing the ball, where to throw it. Mm -hmm. And that's all growing pains. Yes. Uh, I think long-term he'll be fine. I I'm do not too. concerned about it. But what you're seeing is a brand-new quarterback with limited experience. And this week you're – And I honestly believe that Dave's bringing him along fine. I do too. I, if there's any coach in America that you want mentoring a young quarterback, it's Ryan Day. Yeah, I can't disagree. I mean, you know, look – it could be a lot worse. You're two and zero, right? You're two and zero with three plus touchdown wins. Okay, let's not let's not be like, oh my, yeah. Are they as explosive as last year? No, but that defense doesn't look early on as bad as it did last year at the end of the year. Now, granted, it was Indiana and YSU. You'll get a test week. Western Kentucky can throw the football all over the field. So you're going to see if your new-made secondary's improved. Um, we talked about YSU being a mature team. This week for Ohio State, it's about being mature also. Taking care of business in front of you, a team you should beat, but will give you a challenge in the secondary. You know what's coming up next weekend. Yep. You don't have to. Um, I came, yeah. I came out of that game for Ohio State feeling a lot better about the season than I did after week one. Interesting scheduling at Ohio State this year. Very Obviously, because mm -hmm. you got the conference game yep. to open up. Open up your home season yep. against Youngstown mm -hmm. State. You got this week's game. But in the challenge, I think, for the coaching staff and is to contain the players on focus yes. on this week's 100%. game. 100%. But not getting yeah, ahead of 100%. themselves. Because everybody in the world is going to be watching that game from South Bend. Yeah. And, and why shouldn't you and, be? Because it's it's a marquee game of the season. Well, here's in a tricky football, part too. One Tim. of the marquee games. You get Notre Dame on the road, then you come home. Or I believe you're off the thirtieth. Yes. Then you come home against Maryland. They're not great, but that offense is pretty dang good, and they gave you a really good game last year. Then you got to play Penn State and Wisconsin in back to back weeks. Right. And oh, mind you, then you throw in Purdue there. Yeah, you got Maryland and you got Notre Dame followed by Maryland and Purdue. And that's at Purdue. Right. Then you got to come home against Penn State, right. who looks really good. And the and Ohio State Penn State is always a great game. It's just Penn State forgets how to play the fourth quarter against Ohio State. Then you got to go to Wisconsin. They're not great this year, but going on the road at Camp Randall, that's a tough game. Yeah, well. You know? So. 
We'll see I how keep they, telling people, yeah. and you guys understand that Ohio State this year is not built to go win games 63-20. to 20. They're not built like that. That's how not their identity and the new rule changes. They're not built like that. But the thing that impressed me the most is you saw some adversity against Indiana. That was the game in the second yeah. half. YSU came out and, oh, hey, it's in the first seven, quarter. Yeah. yeah, it's in the first quarter, and you're like, oh, my God, what's going on here? Um, so you handled it. You moved on. The thing that impressed me the most was McCord looked good. Harrison got back on track. And Travion Henderson seemed to have that burst back. Yeah. You know? I'm not concerned about Ohio State. I think it's term. just growing and being committed yeah. enough. It's the change of a season, meaning, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, obviously Stroud's gone and you get a brand new quarterback. It's it's learning the system. It's seeing actual live play. I think the defense is coming along. Yep. Um, no, I think there's a lot of positives. I'll and there's, let's, let's be honest. It's going to be a great test in two weeks. Yeah. Not to get too far ahead of ourselves for both schools. And it will be a – it's going to be a, a huge challenge for both Ohio State to go to mm-hmm. South Bend and for for Notre Dame to defend their 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 field. I'll say this. So it's going to be a, a really good matchup, but I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But, I mean, I'm not too concerned about the Hilltoppers. No. <laughs> no, and you shouldn't beat them. You should beat them by multiple scores. They will challenge you. Austin Reed is a really good quarterback. He's thrown for over 300 yards in both yeah. games and put up huge numbers. Like, granted, the competition he's not faced is definitely not going to be like Ohio State. Um, going into the year, I thought Notre Dame's going to beat Ohio State. Leaving the horseshoe Saturday, I don't see a way Notre Dame beats Ohio State. Mm. Interesting. Because I don't think the panic meter for some Ohio State fans about the offensive line is where they think it is. I really don't. Yeah. I get it's why issue. I get it. But McCord just looked settled in. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why he was one of the top recruits of the year. Yeah, let's not yeah. yeah. I mean let's not act like he's a two and, and, a two star quarterback. Right. This is there's like a, a lot of talent yeah. around him and that's because a lot of them are top talents from their positions. Kyle McCord does not have to go win games on his own. No, he doesn't. You know, and he's not playing some, for Youngstown State. He's and that's for Ohio something State. that Ohio State fans are going to have to get used to is, hey, you might have to win games 24-7 to this year, 35-14. That's going to be blowoffs this year. That's fine. Yeah, we'll just win. We'll yeah. move on. You know, because let's be like honest here. It's kind of like NCAA basketball, win in advance. Let's be honest here because everybody's saying, oh, man, Ohio State, they keep moving down. They were three, then they are five, then they are yeah, six. I could care less. Yeah. And those rankings don't mean squat until November. They said when the real rankings come out. And if you do what you're supposed to do, then your rankings going to take care of yourself because you're going to take care of your own business. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, Michigan this, Michigan that. And they struggle with Eastern Carolina, UNLV also. You know, they've only put up 30 points too. And that was a 7 nothing game late in the first half against UNLV. UNLV yeah. So... And I'm going to say this now. Why is you would beat UNLV? I'm I'm saying it right now. Why is you beat UNLV? Yeah, it's very So let's possible. not act like, you know, are there things to work on? Absolutely. But the talent is there. You know, the talent's there for Ohio State. 
they might have to be a special teams team this year. Field goals and punting. I, I think they, they just have, have to, to be a complete team. Yeah. You know, you, I, yeah, it's, it sounds, exactly. They really truly need to be a complete team. Yeah. Meaning the offense has to be successful enough to put points on the board. Mm-hmm. The special team has to be not necessarily put points on the board as much as put them in position to yeah. score points. The defense has to prevent points. I think you're going to see I, – I do think it's just that. They have to be a complete team. And I, it reminds me of the 20, you know, 2 to 25 – 2002 to 2005, yeah, Trestle teams. They were complete teams. They had a lot they of had talent. Some, they had mm-hmm. some deficiencies at times, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they had an extreme amount of talent. And uh, you know, unfortunate bad breaks happen in, in championship games, but you know those things happen. Well, the thing that impressed me about Ohio State is they're a good tackling team. Oh yeah, you know they're so some of the things you saw last year come up where they weren't great in coverage and they weren't great tackling team. They seem to be a better tackle team this year. How much did Jim Trestle look like a proud grandpa wearing his vest with the OSU so, and the OSU on his vest? And uh, just his presence at the shoe and the love everybody had for him. I'll say this because, and if you guys have an hour or so in the morning from 6 to 9, I think it is, turn on 97.1 The Fan of Columbus. It's Bobby Carpenter and all that. Right. And th- they were talking this week about, hey, tr- you know, Coach is going to be back, and you know it's going to be awesome to see him back. And I think Ohio State wanted to do something for him. Right. And Trust is like, no, no, no. Not and that's the kind of guy yeah. he is. Right. Um, and he was nervous about coming back, I heard. I can He was nervous, that. and I can understand that too. He's right. been back a few times but, since, yeah. you know. But this is like. With, with the team. Like when they celebrated yeah, the yeah, yeah, 2002 yeah. championship, this, he was there, that type of thing. This is the culmination of 40-plus years dedicated to these two universities in one building for four hours. Yeah. And that, like you said, that's a proud grandpa. You know, that is a guy who was really proud of what he's done. And. In typical Trussell fashion, yeah. giving success yeah. to everybody else along yeah. how much he just enjoyed the opportunity. How about and the all uh, that, you know? But the uh, Dougie yeah. sweater vest, I thought that yeah. was a nice touch. Yeah, I got to give him credit. I thought he, yeah. handled it. I thought both schools but handled it amazingly Ryan, well. Yes, and I want to tell you two stories. So, one story I heard leaving the stadium was that where YSU goes up the visiting tunnel. John Cooper's mom on the sidelines there. He stopped Phillips, and he said, you guys can win a lot of games this year. And he said, you guys are a physical football team. And Cooper had some physical football oh, teams yeah. himself. So that's John nice. Cooper couldn't win the big game. No. That was, no. I mean, he was a good football player. He coach. could recruit with the he best He just, when it came to an important big yeah. game, he just, his so, teams just didn't, didn't succeed. Another story. I'm in my office yesterday. It's about 8.30. And it's been a busy morning. I got a couple people on hold. And then my phone rings, and I look at the caller ID, and it says Ellen Trestle. I said, no way. <laughs> there is no way that Ellen Trestle is calling me. There is no way. So I had to get some other people, and she hung up, and I'm like, oh, all right. I'm like, well, it's got to be a scam. That's somebody spoofing their number. Yeah, right. Calls again. I said, I'm going to put you on brief. We'll pick it up, and it's Ellen Trestle. Wow. It was Ellen Trestle, and she has a you – know, Asked the question. I said, "You know, are you the wife of Jim Trussell? 
I knew that, but I'm not going to, you know. Right. And she goes, yes, I am. And she said, are you guys from Youngstown originally? I said, yes, we are. She goes, you Penguin or Buckeye fans there? And I said, we're both, but Saturday we were Penguin fans. And I said, we're, I said, I'm always YSU number one. And she goes, did you watch the game, sir? And I said, oh, I was there. And she said the love and support they felt was just incredible. Yeah. And she said that, you know, and I said, well, in my honest opinion, there's nobody that has made more of an impact on both universities in the last 40 years than your husband has. And I think if you ask anybody from 30 years ago to now, they're extremely grateful for everything you guys have done. And she said they just couldn't get over how much support was there. Yeah. You know, it didn't matter who won the game. You know, it didn't matter at you know, the end of the day. I got to be honest with you. Um, there was times I was traveling in the car during mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. I could turn on the YSU broadcast or I could turn From on the Ohio, Ohio State, State broadcast. I had to listen to Bach Kills because I had to hear him say, Penguins with the ball at yes. the 45 mm-hmm. yard line. Yep. Uh-huh. Mitch Davis yes. uh-huh. with yep. the sidecar to his yep. left hand. Uh-huh. I had to yep. hear that. And, you know, it was it, just, it was, uh, it was just magical tones. And first of all, no one has a better tone. No, Paul Kios is tremendous. And there's truly one of the great radio mm-hmm. play-by-play yes. men who and paints a picture of everything that's going on. It's really, I'll really say special. this. It's great to have Bob Hannon back in the booth and healthy for YSU. Yes, sure, I'm happy for him. A lot of health scares last year. It's great to have him back sounding healthy, doing the radio shows, doing the games. Um, you know, but it was really neat to sit down, Tim. And I've been in the horseshoe right. eight, nine, ten. You know, I, yes. not a ton, but some. And it was really neat to sit down there and hear our band play our fight song. I'm like, yeah. you get goosebumps. Yeah. You know, you get goosebumps. Then, you know, leaving the stadium and it's like, you know, people are like, you guys are pretty good. You know, you guys yeah. are pretty good. When I was down there for the first match, mm-hmm. um, it was it was special. Yeah, it is special. And it was it was a lot of people, hey, why are you? Yeah, yeah. That? You know, because I had yeah, a hat on yeah. in the, in the mm-hmm. shirt and yeah, stuff like that. And, you know, they it was all fun and games. It and, is, yeah, it and is. It was, yeah, and I will never forget when they missed the pass in the end zone for a chance to score. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and everyone yep. around me, God, you'll get it next time, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, I think they lost like 33-6 to six or yeah. something like that. I can't remember the exact score, but kicked a It was the Jim goals. Trestle football game. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, it was, you know, those, those are special moments. And, you know, I got to hear Paul Kills then, but to hear him again, you know, just to say, yeah. Penguins at the yeah. 45, da 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 da. You know, and give the whole spill that he does. Tim, it's, it's a game that I hope is played every five. You know, you don't have to play every year. You're probably looking about every five to 10 years. I hate saying and that I'm because. I'm fine with that. Yeah, and you know, I am that, too. And that's great. Yeah, I you am know, too. You know, for one Saturday in September, the first or second Saturday in September, it, you can get. It, Everybody down there. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's a lot of fun. It's a celebration of Ohio football. Yeah, it is. And Northeast Ohio football yeah. and Central Ohio football, however we want to look at it. It's it's just it's, it's, it's a yeah. great game. Yes, we know the outcome probably ahead of time, but that's not necessarily no, not. the story of the mm-hmm. game. And the key is you want a performance similar to that, meaning where they're prepared. Yeah, they, they weren't overmatched. Well. No, they they held it. They held their own. And give I give Doug Phillips and his coaching staff. Yeah, that team deserves a lot of credit. A lot of credit for what no, they. Because I mean, I know we're celebrating a loss, which is weird. 
and I'm not celebrating it. I'm more mm. just giving credit where credit is due. We're encouraged by well, the progress and steps made. Well, you they, look at the difference in the programs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really different. It's, 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 you're talking about Power 5 conference, that has national one champion every yeah. goals every year. Every year. And you have Youngstown State, who many fans live in the past from the 90s. Yeah. And the glory days of Jim Trussell. Mm-hmm. And we've had a couple blimps on the radar since. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, I want to take nothing away from the 2016 team, you know, getting to the championship game. Yeah, seven years ago. Yeah, I know. I don't want to take yeah. anything away exactly. from what it, it, was exactly. achieved. Okay. That's an important part of the history of the mm-hmm. YSU football program. Unfortunately, it's like the Bill Narduzzi one. Yep. They lost. But, yep. you know, needless to say, I don't, you know, I don't take anything away from the 70s and Bill Narduzzi. Mm. Because Bill Narduzzi built that program to become a national mm-hmm. uh, contender back in the day. And, you know, I'm, we're going back on YSU history here, but I'm not trying to do that as much as trying to just show you. You don't forget the past. You celebrate the moments yeah. that they, they bring about. Well, the, Some of them are going to be thrilling mm-hmm. and lifelong yep. championships. Some of them are going to be heartbreak endings. Mm-hmm. Some are going to be unfortunate disasters. Uh, that's sports in general. And you have to, my opinion, mm-hmm. as a sports fan, you have to be willing to accept the highs and the lows and everything in between. Well, the thing- and the highs can be getting to a championship game and the low could be losing one Yeah, as much as it could be going two and ten. Well, the thing, <laughs> that, the thing that I sat there Saturday and I was with my girlfriend and her parents and the thing that, I was impressed with was, you know, they just see, oh, hey, we we struggle a little bit with YSU. And we, you know, that was a struggle for a little bit. And the thing that I see was two years ago, this was a one in seven football team yeah. that looked bad. Yes, it did. There was talent, there was a running back, and that was about it. You know, the game plans were just not to get blown out the stadium. Your, your they were lines, terrible game yeah. plans. They were terrible game plans that did not even address the talent were they have small, around you. Yeah. You were slow. It was just a bad program. I mean, it was just a, a the really transformation from then to, today. to now is a huge step. It needs to get better. Yeah. And you know what? But, I got to give, again, got to give credit to the coaching staff to get it to this level. Yeah. We'll see. There's a long season to go. Exactly. As I mentioned earlier, my foot's still ready to <laughs> drop kicking right through the goalposts into mm-hmm. 680. But I also love the idea of him succeeding. And, you know, yeah. like I said, I'll root for every coach that, you it, feel- that puts who puts on the red and white. You know, every week and you feel better the team out there. about the trajectory of the program leaving Saturday. And yeah. now, let's see if we can yeah. maintain that going this Saturday. We'll see. I mean, we'll, exa- exactly. Let's yeah. let's let's find a way to win this week. Yeah, and then get ready for the Missouri Valley Football yeah. Conference. Speaking of football, real quick. Yeah, I you know also at the game Saturday, but. uh in between uh, taking care of my girlfriend on Sunday, I caught the score and I heard that a completely dominant defensive performance up on the lake Sunday. They completely uh, 
embarrassed Joe Burrow. Um, so that is a congratulations to you and all the Browns fans out there. Um, my girlfriend was happy, so I was happy. Um, but, but it, you know, for, I don't know how they've been the last couple of years, but it looks like the Browns defense is pretty dang good. Uh, yeah. The Browns have a... Uh, they look ferocious. I haven't... I'll tell you what. I think there's potential here to have a very interesting season. I don't want to get mm-hmm. too far ahead. It's one game. However, I'm going to go back to what I said about Ohio State mm-hmm. playing Indiana opening game. Yep. This is a divisional game. Divisional games, you know how I talk about yep. them. Mm-hmm. You have to win divisional games. They're worth two. Yeah. Um, you win, they, they lose. lose. Yep. Um, you have six of them. Your goal is to win all six. Not probably realistic. Mm-hmm. Then you look at your next possibility and a realistic possibility of probably four and two in the division. So, but you won't. You don't want to be less than that, and you want to win your home games. And what the Browns did Sunday is they dominated a team that mm-hmm. who who's a Super Bowl contender. Correct, and. They won a home game and a divisional game. Correct. A lot of great things. Now, this week, Monday night, That's another it. divisional game. So utterly important to forget about what happened mm-hmm. Sunday. Focus on Monday night's game and come away with another victory. And now, all of a sudden, you have two wins in your division to start the season and go forward. And correct me and if I'm that's wrong. that's really where it comes down to. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe my girlfriend said they're at Pittsburgh Monday night. Yes. And she sent me a stat. Now, she loves football. She loves the Browns. Uh, I just make dinner and do yard work and check in on the score. Um, and she said at one point the Steelers had one yard compared to the Niners 200. Yeah. She said it was ugly. So I'm going to go on a limb. I haven't watched a Steelers game in six, seven years. I've watched two Browns games the last two years. I don't know if Pittsburgh's any good. I don't know if the Browns are going to be any good this year. But I'm going to say 14 to 17 point winning for you guys on Monday night. I think it's possible. I'll say that. I'll say the reason I think that's possible is – I like the way the offense ran this week. I mm-hmm. love the way the defense played. And quite honest with you, I'm not sold on Pittsburgh's quarterback yet. And He was the, good at Pitt, but he was a system quarterback at Pitt well, to me. Well, it's not even that. It's more you have to prove it to me at this level. Yeah. And he's a second-year quarterback. Mm-hmm. You have to make plays. Um, they got a difficult start to the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did so, so Cleveland. I mean, they got Cincinnati to open a season. You know, uh, so, and then you get Pittsburgh, you know, these two teams. So it's a big game for both teams. Um, Steelers fans will go absolutely lose their shit. Oh, they'll jump they'll, they'll on three bridges. Sh- they'll lose their shit um, if they oh, lose. Oh, they'll be this jumping week. on three rivers yeah. if they lose this week. So it'll be interesting to watch. I, I'm, I'm curious. I'll say this the Browns need Watson to play better. Uh, he he had spurts where he was good, but he was not consistent. And they need a better consistency out of their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't. 
He can't throw the grounders that he was throwing. Well, uh, the 55-foot curveballs. Those are not well, going to work. I'll say this. My girlfriend's parents were at the game, and they said that wind and that rain just whipped off the line. I'm sure it did. So that's I've ugly. seen it before. Um, and it, I'm not I'm – not, I'm just saying in general speaking terms, uh, that has been a concern since he's mm-hmm. t- last year at times. His accuracy not being as mm-hmm. l- at the level it needs to be in the NFL. We'll see. I mean, I'm not panicking or anything yeah. like that. You have Nick Chubb in your backfield. Enough said. Like I said, I've you only... have you got Amari Cooper outside. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Najoku as as a, a tight end. There's some talent on that offense. That offensive line is going to be challenged without Jack Coughlin, but you get the Ohio State rookie, you know, stepping in. So we'll see. You know where they grow. This is a big growth week. Week two is a huge growth week well, for most teams. We'll see how they do. I've only watched the Browns and Ravens and the Browns and Bengals in the last five or six years. I'll say this. You guys got the best back in football. Oh, there's no question. I agree with you there. I mean. What he did last Sunday, I think he had 17 carries, 110 yards, something like that. Just. Ridiculous. I mean, he sh- he could have scored a couple times, but they the took him out. The thing that impressed me the most, and we've been, you know, blessed to cover in high school, watch it in college at YSU and Ohio State. If you got a back that runs as hard and just bruising the third and fourth quarter, nobody wants to, nobody wants to tackle yeah, that. It really comes down to can your offensive line give him the room to mm-hmm. make the plays? What is Chubb's? What I enjoy watching Chubb do most is change directions on a dime. It just make But he's not a weaves. small back either. No, no, no. But he mm-hmm. moves left and right, yeah. and he weaves in and out. Mm-hmm. Not that he's weaving necessarily, but his, his vision good. is mm-hmm. so good that he can cut left, cut right equally as well and make make something happen. Take something that maybe was a one- or two-yard gain into a five- or seven-yard gain, mm-hmm. and then sometimes it's even more. And now, that's the key. I have a question for you because I don't know this answer. I don't know if they can do it. The Browns play the 49ers October 15th at 1 o'clock. Yeah. I have tickets to that game with my girlfriend. Oh. Can they flex that game? Can you guys? It's possible. Can that game be moved? I to, think it's possible, but I don't know. So uh, it could be a 4.30 or 8. Yeah. 8.15 yeah, game. Yeah. Uh-huh. I imagine the 4.30 is mm-hmm. more realistic because of being playing San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And probably wanting the West Coast mm-hmm. audience. Now I don't know what week is the CBS or, and, or yeah, yeah. Fox has the the second game. Oh, know. they switch it. Yeah, okay. each you know most weeks mm-hmm. it's just back and forth. I know sometimes they'll get two yeah. in a row because mm-hmm. like uh, the U.S. Open was going yeah. on and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I again I don't know the whole ins and out of the scheduling anymore. But years ago it used to be you know. One week CBS, mm-hmm. one week Fox. Da, da, da. Now they kind of back and forth. But I do believe because it is the Niners yep. and you want the West Coast as much as you want the East Coast, uh, 1 o'clock in the West Coast probably makes a heck of yep. a lot more sense than 1030 in the morning. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that'd be just my guess. And and we'll wait and see. But I'm, I imagine that's possible. I'm going to that game with her. I told her. I said it's only fair. That if you're going to three or four YSU games with me, it's only fair that I go to a Browns game with you. So I'll be there October 15th. Any uh, serious note here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
many people may have heard the story about Carn City's uh, quarterback, um, Mason Martin. He uh, collapsed on the field two weeks ago and uh, basically been in a hospital ever since. And it's serious conditions, basically in a coma. And uh, hopefully uh, good things will happen. You know, miracle will happen and good things he'll recover. Um, many people in northwest Pennsylvania wearing purple to mm-hmm. honor him and the school and the community and what they're going through this these these events that's going on and uh you know it's as much as we celebrate football mm-hmm. and we just did yeah. a whole hour on it um i i, I just want to send our our best wishes and thoughts uh out to the masons family and um you know the martins and just you know hopefully good things will happen but um you know current city uh is a town that i don't mm-hmm. cover but uh, when you see a tragedy unfold like this right now, uh, circumstances, uh, you just, you know, the most important thing is the health of the young man, and hopefully uh-huh. everything will come out. And uh, we're seeing these type of injuries in high school football, and I think, you know, we're going to have to find a way to uh, make sure stuff like this becomes not as prevalent uh-huh. as it has the last few years. And I don't know how. But it definitely is something that needs to be examined and by all those involved, not just you and I mm-hmm. talking about it yep. or somebody else or the families that are involved or the uh, the the school, you know, and everything's going on. But we got to find a way, and hopefully, there's a cer- there's a a solution uh, going forward. And uh, but. Tragic scenario, and uh, we hear about it every year in sports and high school level. But let's hope for the best. And uh, like I said, if you're going to a football game this week, mm-hmm. you want to wear some purple to uh, honor him and uh, to uh, lend your support, that would be a wonderful way to do it. Yeah, it's a terrible story. I didn't hear about that. It's the first I've heard about that. But I really do think, I think you're going to see We've seen a couple this year, and I think you're going to see a big number of teams go to the eight-man football in the next couple of years. Yeah, you know, and it makes it, and it makes sense. It, it could. It might be one of the things. Mm-hmm. I think the smaller schools will, but just because yes. of numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, who was it uh, locally? It was doing that Brookfield, uh, isn't it? No, no. it wasn't Brookfield. It was uh, Sebring. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, and good for them. Yeah, uh, they were having trouble fielding 13, 14 mm-hmm. players. Yeah. And we've seen that in the past for other schools. And you're asking players to play every down, and that's just... That's way too much on yeah, that. Yeah, that is way too much on that one. Football has changed so much that you're not going to... Oh. I mean, yes, you're going to have two-way players at the high school level, but you don't have them playing every play like that, um, both offensively and defensively, special teams. Um, people forget about that, and it's just it's asking too much. I'll tell you what, Anthony, uh, not knowing what the future holds, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to get Matt next week to at least call in and yep. talk to us. Perfect. Find out what's going on with Mineral Ridge. Uh, and, they're uh, off to a nice start. They, they, are, they are. I think they're 3-1. and one. Mm-hmm. I think they lost a tough one in overtime last weekend, if I remember properly. But uh, needless to say, uh, football season's here. Yeah. Um, Baseball season's coming to an end here mm-hmm. in about a month, or a little less than a month, but we'll we'll crawl to the finish here. Uh, you know, they, I'm not worried about the I'm not worried about the Guardians. They're they they are who they are all season long. Yeah, God bless them. They uh, they can't win more than three games in a row. Nope. and that has been the story well, of the season. 
And Tim, I actually had a conversation Friday with my girlfriend's dad. And it was like, what, what is going on? And I said, you know, it's a combination of a lot of things. Exactly. It's players not playing up to their level, players regressing to maybe what they are. I said, it's a failure on the front office in some areas. I said, obviously, it's injuries. I said, but the bullpen ERA is, and I read him your stat, and that was really, really good. Um, you know, they're not winning the one-run games they won last yeah. year. And when you can't get your ninth inning figured out, you're not going to win games. Yeah. Because well, your closure is two and nine. But, does everything, but you know, he is also overworked to the point because you can't score early in the game to break it open. And the problem is, you have no one to bridge the gap no. to him. Mm-mm. And every time you've tried different players, they've failed. Yeah, and yeah. that's just the truth. The of Karen the Jack did not work out. Yeah. Stefan's not having a great year. Dale Santos has gone up. The and best down. players they've got are the two new guys they brought in this month. Yeah, in the bullpen. And if if this organization has any sense, they're going to find a way to keep those two. Mm-hmm. And would you bring Giolito back? I wouldn't be afraid to bring him back, but. I would uh, tweak some, yeah. Well, you, again, you would, yeah. it was because of the talent you believe he has. Well, the thing, and he has shown in the past that you think you can make adjustments to. It's kind of the same thing that they did when they brought in Syndergaard. There's really no difference between those two. They're no, both not. matches that are lit on mm-hmm. fire. Yep. You know, they're going to give up the home runs right now, and they are who they are. Uh, this team is a team that doesn't score more than three runs most given dates. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. And if they do happen to score, uh, the pitching staff gives it right yeah. back. And and it's – I will say this. You spent at least a third of the season with four rookies in your starting rotation. Yeah. You spent you – know, your two best pitchers have not seen the ball in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, your second best pitcher in – and McKenzie basically That's made one May, start. Right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, made and he pitched once, one, like June, and that was it. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, it is the story of the season: mm-hmm. injuries, lack of play, mm-hmm. unable to deliver win opportunities in front of them. Uh, how many times this season have we seen runners in second and third? with less than two outs and not be able to score a run because yep. either, A, they strike out or they pop up the yep, ball. exactly. Or they just cannot produce a hit with two outs. Um, they just don't do the little things. And, you know, it's a domino effect. Mm-hmm. Last year when things were rolling good, good things yep. happened. Mm-hmm. It's a domino effect that works both ways. When you don't have success, you continue to breed that success. Yep. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a firm believer in that. And um, But, yeah, you're right. You had some people, some players regress, some players. I mean, like Naylor has just been justly blossomed yeah. this year. It's unfortunate. It, you know, He got injured when he yep. did. It was a big loss to this team. Uh, however, I do believe uh, going into the offseason, you got some people to think about bringing back mm-hmm. next year. Uh, they have Luriano under control for two more years. That's that's a to me it was a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has potential. I would bring back Cole Calhoun. I I've been 
talking about it all season long, and I'll say it to I'm blue in the faith. They that's the type of player, a veteran they needed yep. at the beginning of the mm-hmm. season that they never invested it in. You can tell me why they did it and all that. I don't care. That's the type of yep. player every team needs. It's amazing how many young players talk about Cole Calhoun mm-hmm. and what he means to this team since he came, you know, two months ago. And uh, that's just the truth of the matter is you need veterans who've been through it. And I and hope he's, he's back. I, I really do. He's the he type can, of player he can help you. And he could be a nice six, seven-hole hitter. You yes. know, you don't need him to be a – you know, the biggest move they got to make this year You're not going to spend $16 million on him like you were going to spend no. on uh, the first baseman this Bell. year. So, yeah. you know, truth of the matter is they can afford him. They got to find a way. I mean, there might be someone better out there. I'm not saying that's not the case. But as this team is constituted today, I would definitely want him back. And you need a player who has just the ability to lead. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, lead that's in many different ways. Yeah. yeah. You have that in Ramirez, mm-hmm. and he's the guy who just shows up and plays every day, and people love him. Naylor's getting to that point and now. And Naylor is an emotional leader. Yes, he is. And I think Calhoun would be that veteran leadership mm-hmm. that you need. Well, th- and I think you look at the success of the Cleveland organization mm-hmm. over the last 11 years of the Francona era, the most successful times is when they had some veteran leadership yep. within the team. Roger Davis, Mike Napoli, uh, yeah. Austin, you know, yeah, so many, so the many. big thing you mentioned. And they've right all there. made great contributions to the team. The thing, you know, their biggest decision this year is who do they replace Francona with? But this is it. This is his last year. Yeah. Let's. You I know. think you open up the look. You don't. I don't think you necessarily. Obviously, how can you not give Sandy Alomar an interview? You gave you him an interview yes. twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. You have to give him an interview. You would be absolutely. I don't. I. I don't. Other than he would re- say, "I don't want the job ahead of time." Mm-hmm. He's not on your list. I think then you bring in maybe two or three people that you might want to talk to, including Sarbar or whoever else. Yeah, I think it's got to be. Might, and but if you bring in somebody from outside, whoever that person may be, but it, that's it has to be a wide net. That, you I don't know. think it has to be as wide. I mean, I think it just has to be focused on what type of person you want running your team and you're not going to find francona again Mm-mm. okay um they don't grow on trees they just i mean i think managers like that just grow don't grow on I trees mean, to me biased i think your best bet sandy alomar within you gave within, him an yeah. interview he's he said he wants to be i'm biased I love it. I love Sandy, and I'm and biased. I'm I'm the I'm like every yeah. other fan. I'm biased. I love Sandy, and I would love to see him be the manager of this team. Um, I mean, barring a miracle that Francona says, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to come back. Yeah, and I don't expect it. I, and I, if he wants to come back, I'm totally in agreement with with Antonetti saying, as long as Terry Francona feels that he's mm-hmm. able and wants to manage, we yeah. want him as our manager. I. I'm in that boat. Yeah. I have been for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when he was in Philadelphia, I loved the man. When he left Cleveland to take that job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted him back when Wedge got hired. But he was in Boston by then. So these are the things that happen. I'm, I've always been a Francona guy. Mm-hmm. I'll never not be. Uh, just like a tr- Trestle. Yep. I'm always a Trestle yep. guy. I'm always a Francona guy. 
and uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, my heart and desires is for Sandy. But I do. Too, I think yeah. you have to be at least open it up. You, to you see. have to listen to the out. Yeah, you, yeah. I, the Bruce Bochy is not out there to no. take the job. Okay, and, and, and that's what I'm talking about. You need someone special. Yeah, you do. And I don't think there's that special person available right now. And I'd rather see a Sandy Alomar who has patiently uh, served this organization as a player and as a coach at different times, interim manager twice. Yeah. Um, get Part his of the playoffs, too. Yeah. You know, the, I, I Not, think to me. But you got to remember, he was the interim manager before Francona got the job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the interim manager yeah. when Francona, unfortunately, health was unable to yeah. do it in 2020. As you mentioned, yeah. took him to mm-hmm. the playoffs. So I, I honestly do believe, how can you not look at his resume and I say agree. he doesn't deserve this opportunity if it comes about? Um, like I've said a hundred times before, I'll say it again. As long as Terry Francona truly wants mm-hmm. to manage, I want him in a Cleveland dugout. Mm-hmm. Um, if he does retire and come back somewhere else in two years or a year from now, I understand. Yeah. It's like Bruce Brochy, yeah. you know, down in Texas. Um, you know, he's, I remember when he retired the first, uh, he goes, I've never been retired before. I don't know how I will like yeah. it or not like it, but we will find out. And I think that's the same thing with Francona. We, if he does retire, we will find out if retirement is good for him. The big thing he's got to get is get completely healthy. Yeah. Not 75, not 95%. Get 100% Like he healthy. says, he's yeah. 64 years old. Yeah. Is he ever going to be? Hundred percent, yeah, yeah. The, the what he needs to be, and I get it. And uh, like I say, um, I will always be a Terry Francona man. Simple as that. Terry Francona to me is the best manager in baseball, mm-hmm. bar none. Uh, I will take him over Bruce Bochy. I will take him over any manager, uh, Dave Roberts, anybody in baseball today. Um, simple as that. I don't think you can find a a better situated person that understands the game, players, and communicates as well as he does. And we'll see. Um, if he is, and I expect him to retire, because mm-hmm. he basically said he's going to yeah, retire. He did, yeah. And I'm, I'll take him for his word. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. right now I can't see anybody other than Sandy Alomar. Yeah, I would my – wish, wish, my wish list would be Sandy as manager – and Starbaugh's bench coach. I think that would be... I don't know who the bench coach will be simply because I think you have to let whoever the manager make that decision. Mm-hmm. It could be Hal. Hal mm-hmm. might be... Maybe yep. it's the perfect relation yep. with him. I don't know. Um, maybe Hal gets the manager's mm-hmm. job. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, Sandy, and then we'll see. But I don't think Starbaugh will go anywhere. No, I don't I don't, I think I don't he's either. part of this organization. Unless someone offers him a job as a manager somewhere. Which is always possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll wait and see. No, I, I definitely, I think Sandy Alomar will probably be the top candidate. I don't see how he's not. And, but I do still think you need to interview a couple, not a ton, but a couple yeah. outside candidates. Call you know. it, call it. Maybe it was in the bag ahead of time for Francona, but they only interviewed two that year. Yeah, that was that was Sandy Alomar, who was the interim yep. manager, and Francona. Um, I think they'll have a small list again. I do too. Uh, I'm, I'm putting it at three, and and one of those three being Alomar. 
Yeah, I think and, you'll and have... Could, and it could very well be all three of them for in-house. I think you have Alomar, Hale, Sarbaugh, and you'll probably have one out of the organization. That's probably um, true. Just you because know, you want to talk to them. Yeah. See what they you know, what they say. Like about. I was telling some people this morning, you need to get better. It's clear. There are moves that need to be made. You're not seven to ten moves away from being division champions again. You're two to three moves and guys getting healthy and guys picking up where they were last year to winning this division by five games. Right. Well, you definitely need healthy players. Yes. You definitely need an improved offense. Um, you need a lineup that one through nine at least can produce yes. consistently. Mm-hmm. You don't need the 1995 Cleveland Indians, but you definitely need um, 2016, 20, 2018, yeah. 2020 mm-hmm. Cleveland Indians slash yeah. Guardians, you know, as they, they've gone forward. Um, but, yeah, you're not going to win. I've, I said that last year. I said winning one-run games are so special, you yeah, just don't understand it. Yeah, you you don't, get used to it, and you think you it's going to happen do it all the time. Year. You don't do it. You can't do it every, every year. Every year is different. You're as good as your bullpen. This bullpen's not that very good. And your starting rotation, and this starting rotation is very young uh, this season. So it is what it was. We'll see how it finishes up. I'll watch as many games as I can because I am a Terry Francona guy. And as long as he's in that dugout, I want to watch a game mm-hmm. that he's managing. And it's simple as that. And I'm rooting for the players to have good seasons to the end. All right, Anthony, last thoughts? Yeah, let's get a big one this week. Let's keep showing uh, maturity and growth. Let's get a big one against Robert Morris and get ready for uh, the House of Wars in a couple weeks. All right. For Anthony, I am Tim. Wishing you all a wonderful good day, good evening, good night. Remember to tell your family, friends, and enemies about Radio MVP.